my wife said something the other day, which was so on point. She said, don't be McDonald's. And it's cheap, fast, terrible, wasteful food. Yeah, (laughs) delicious, right? Like, like, well, I haven't had McDonald's in years, but I, I think we all get the point where it's cheap, it's fast, it's entertaining, it's a huge rush of dopamine and mm-hmm. serotonin, and it's just like a flood to your feel-good in reuptake inhibitors, basically. Like, don't don't be McDonald's in the content that you create. Be, well, I don't know. I don't have a good analogy, but it's <laughs> something Stay that, Panisse. Yeah, with substance and, and co- made, cooked with love, you know? There you go. Make your art with love. Don't make your art with fear. Make your art with love. I like that, man. And I think uh, there was another thing that we wanted to talk about today, which I think is a little bit more tactical, but ties into this perfectly. So I mentioned that I just bought a uh, membership to Noah's website. Before we hit record, you mentioned that you felt like uh, you guys had kindly, kind of finally cracked paid memberships on the yeah. Copyblogger Academy side. Do you want to talk about that at all? I mean, we're, we're sitting here, we're talking to people, we're telling them, you know, hey, there there is a career out there for you if you if you write like good quality information. Um, let's talk a little bit about how, like, what do you think you guys learned in terms of selling memberships? Because that's tricky. It, it, the, the flip side of everything we're talking about is it's hard to make money at this. And the yeah. temptation is there for the quick grab. If for no other reason than like, you got to pay the bills this month. Right. So I don't know. What have you guys learned in terms of selling paid memberships that you think w- might be helpful to other people? What's, learned, what's changed? Yeah. Well, I've learned a couple of things. I've wrote a lot about this as well. And I was a little nervous about being super vulnerable in terms of reporting the lessons that I made. Cause I didn't want to be uh, like, I wanted to be sensitive to the fact that I am reporting these lessons to the people who also are subscribers. You right. know? So I didn't want to write to them as though yeah. they were just some, like mindless stripe notification. It really was done from like a purist point where this was so much harder than I thought it was going to be, which was building a membership site. And I think the lessons are threefold. The first one is that the tech really, really, really matters. Like the experience matters so much. And Circle just completely changed the game for me. And it sucks. I, I had an opportunity to invest in it a couple of years ago and I missed it. And honestly, I don't even know if, if they're profitable or not. It's just, it's one of those things where I wouldn't even care. It's just so clearly a superior product than the other membership platforms that it would be worth giving a shot just because, you know, one of those like um, quality bets, I suppose. So Circle totally changed the game and <laughs> we've talked about, about the other ones which, <laughs> which weren't as good um but yeah like as soon as i found circle it made it so much easier to actually create the product that i wanted to because here's what happens when you create a membership so i'll give you an example someone starts with a sub stack and they say oh wow this is great people are paying me five bucks a month would be really great to have like some community elements in here. So then they say, okay, let me have a sub stack 
And then let me open a Facebook group. And it's like, oh, okay, this is really cool, but I can't really combine the two where the best I can do is create a post and then put the post in a Facebook group and some of the people can see it who are payers and other people can't, you know, so it just gets, it just gets weird. And then you'll want to go up one more where you say, oh, wow, but what if we could do videos and like live presentations? And it's like, okay, well, let's create a Zoom. And then all of a sudden you're using Substack to make your announcements about your presentations that you're doing on Zoom to where mm-hmm. you create the community and the networking and the experience on Facebook or Slack or whatever. So the whole thing just, just gets weird. And circles completely solves for that. Like they just nailed it and they're continuing to improve it all the time. So the tech stack certainly played a big role. The second is that SEO still really, really, really sells. It's just, I have two main funnel points on my sales. So timstods.com sells memberships. And I, I kind of do like an affiliate to myself, basically. Like if I sell it from my own brand, you know, it's just because it's different companies. Mm-hmm. And then Copyblogger, obviously. And most of the signups from Tim Stodds come from social media and my newsletter. And then most of the signups from Copyblogger just come from the long form content. And Tim Stodds definitely gets signups, but I think that has a lot to do with what we talked about a couple episodes ago, where it's like media brands are becoming much more personalized and even company media needs to have people to represent them. And so I'm still not really sure how much of it is like a cross pollination behind the fact that people might see Copyblogger and then find out that it's me and then check me out and just kind of get in through that way. Um, I, I don't really care, to be honest. But the point that I'm saying is creating McDonald's content won't sell you a $500 a year membership. Mm-hmm. And people really, really do read the whole article and then they pay attention and they probably read the next one and they think about it for a while and they keep reading and they keep reading. It's not this impulse buy like selling an ebook would be. It's really not. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that has has really, really paid off. Um, and then... The third thing that I would say is, man, the experience inside the community really matters. And here's the other thing I've learned is that, remember, we've talked about a couple of times where most of the people inside the, most of the um, content inside the, most of the engagement, excuse me, inside the community is going to be done by just a few people. That absolutely does not mean that the people who aren't engaging aren't paying attention. Mm-hmm. They really are. So when I do a masterclass, I send it out to the email list. Right now it goes to about 900 people or so. There's hardly any comments on the masterclasses. And about 40% of any video that I send out, any presentation that I do, about 40% of the people watch it. And so it's like, there's this weird duality where the engagement is run by a few people and you have to really, really appreciate them, but you also can't lose sight of the fact that just because people aren't engaging doesn't mean that they're not getting the most out of it. And all of those things, um, since I put it on circle and since like I really, really nailed it 
down and dialed it in since I think December 20th or so was when I kind of soft launched the relaunch and then just basically acted as if for 2023, like didn't make a big thing. Didn't say, Hey, we're new and approved. I just kind of pretended like it was this way the whole it's time. It's always been this good. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I haven't had a single cancellation on the 30 day notice because there's a 30 wow. day refund. I haven't had one, not one man. And I'm like, wow. I'm feeling good about it. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really good. Well, congratulations, man. Those are great tips too. I'm glad that the tech thing is working out. And I totally agree with the importance of long form content. Yeah. And your lurkers. And specifically lurkers. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. They'll usually be, they're usually like the, the vast majority of a community. What I'm finding too is that for content stuff, there's also this thing. They're not really lurkers. It's more like people who stay subscribed just because they want to interact someday. So like that's me yeah. with a media operator. Do you ever get Jacob Donnelly's newsletter? No, no. It's called the media operator and it's good. Jacob Donnelly, he writes about, you know, running a media company. Um, he, I think he's like, head of sales at morning brew or something like that. He's some executive at morning brew, but um, I never read it. I never read it. I'm never <laughs> in the Slack channel <laughs> and uh, I've paid for it for three years now. And it's like the whole thing is in my, in the back of my mind. It's always like, ah, oh, there's so much good information over there. The, the community that he's built is awesome. I mean, there's like heads of like a hundred different great media companies inside this Slack channel. And I'm always telling myself one of these days, I'm going to go day. over there. Yeah. Do you, but I never do for stuff that like you don't ever intend on reading. You just want to support them. Yes. Yeah. That's me with the, the information. Cool. Yeah. yeah you? There's a, there's a Twitch streamer. His, his Twitch name is pig. And, um, <laughs> and well, I actually, I enjoy his content a lot. But there's him and this other guy named Maynard. And Maynard, I haven't watched his shit in I don't even know how long, four years probably. But uh, but I just know that he's like really, really passionate about the game. And I've talked to him on Twitter a couple of times. And so it's five bucks a month for four years. I don't even know. What is that? 120, 240, right? So I'm giving <laughs> him 240 bucks. I haven't watched a single video, but I just want to support him. You know, I don't know. I think it's kind of funny too, the whole like um, support model. It, it reminds me of, uh, it reminds me of- Divinci. I don't like it. Do you ever, do you ever think about, about how like, okay, so you know Da Vinci would go out and find, what do they call them? Like, I think they called them sponsors back then. You'd go out and you'd find some like royal guy who would be willing to put you up in a castle for six months and yeah. pay for all your food, pay for all your, and then you'd paint a painting in exchange. And it's like, Nothing's changed. It's still the exact same way, except, <laughs> except, except now I'm the royal guy. So I think I thought it was kind of funny um, when we were talking about finding sponsors and stuff for the show. I'm like, man, that's the exact same model Da Vinci was using hundreds of years ago. It's nothing yeah. has changed. It's exactly the same. Um, yeah, I, I am still fine with the sponsorship model. I don't like as much the. What do you call it? Because it's not like a sponsor. It's like you're tipping them. You're giving them donations. I don't like yeah, the donation like the crowd, model. community yeah. support or something like that. Exactly. And it's it's not that I don't think 
it's fine. I just don't think that it's good business. Like if you're trying to make a living by sharing your art, whether that's video games or writing or the stuff that we talk about every day, there's mm-hmm. just way better ways to do it that don't even really require that much more effort. You yeah. Know? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I think we've touched on this a couple of times. I like, think we did too. Now that I'm saying it out loud, I think we've talked about this before. A lot of creators struggle with, it's like the Patreon thing, right? Mm-hmm. Sign up, to, sign up to my Patreon if you like my newsletter. And it's like, um, that is one way to do it, but you'll make a lot more money if you can figure out how to offer something valuable that somebody wants to pay for because they want the product itself. Um, as opposed to, you know, they're they're signing up to tip you because they like you as a person. I think all these creators would be better served um just thinking through that perspective because what you're doing if you build it if you build it if you build it so that people pay you because they like you that's fine but um you know you're gonna be the first thing that goes whenever they got to trim the budget and then it's very hard to sell that business too if you ever want if you ever want out on the other hand if you build something that's like valuable on its own like you know a lot like investing investing newsletters were like the first to this you know we talk about newsletters all the time without ever really acknowledging the fact that um market analysts have been doing newsletters for decades paid newsletters and people pay hundreds if not thousands of dollars a year for those things not because they like the analysts but because one great insight could make them 10 20 100 times whatever they paid for the newsletter so there's real value tied up in that and as a creator if you can find ways to tap into the to the value of what you're saying, as opposed to just the affinity for you or your brand, you'll always make more. And I think that's like, you know, copy blogger is an example of that. We're going to teach you how to build a business. It's not the same as like, you know, mm-hmm. sign up here because you like Tim. Do you ever think, does the idea ever run through your head of putting, of connecting a paid newsletter to the podcast for us? That's an interesting idea. I think it could, and it would probably help us clarify even more like what the podcast is about but yeah this this is it's an option for anybody <laughs> what it's do an you option think our podcast is about i when i come in here i feel like i'm talking to people who want to make a living writing yeah like a real living not like struggle you know and i i that's who i feel like i'm talking to and i feel like i'm part of that audience to some extent so that's that's it for me what's what do you think it is i think so too i just I go back and forth in my head so much about whether people enjoy the relaxed nature that we have, where sometimes we veer off track or talk about opinions, or even like today was a perfect example. You know, if we would be better off just serving the audience very, very specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I go back and forth in my head about like, no, it's, it's, it is the, nature of who we are and our personalities that brings people to the show in the first place. And because of that, it's better to veer off track from time to time, as opposed to being so strict and so educational. And the answer is probably both. You know, mm-hmm. I just, um, podcasts are, are, they're really, really difficult mentally because it, it is so hard to, when you write something, you have time and space to articulate your thoughts. And I I just find it easier to write to a person who you know exactly who you're writing for and and what they want and the message that you're trying to 
instill. Whereas with a podcast, it's basically like reflecting week over week. And when you do that, life is very nuanced, you know? And so like every week is different. I, I didn't know that Balaji was going to say some nonsense on Twitter that would get me so irritated that I felt like I had to come on here and talk to you about <laughs> it, right? So, yeah. And so I think it's hard to stick to a top. You know who's done this really, really well? And I mean it is Pat Flynn from um, Smart Passive Income Podcast. I mean, damn, what, how long has he been doing like this for? Hundreds years? of episodes, yeah. Yeah, you know, 10 years now. And he's he's had a really, really good ability to take liberty with this message and veer back and forth a little bit while also not he's he's weaved on the road let's call it that way but he's been on the road the whole time he's just gone to and fro a little bit but i don't think he's ever stepped off that road and um there are times where i think man if we had a little bit more like stricter of a discipline in that regard we could probably have more success in the metrics that we pretend we're not chasing <laughs> right <laughs> i think um there's an interesting dichotomy between free media and paid media and now that you mention it i think free media is much more personality driven like if you look at a business like the hustle people read it in some sense for convenience but mostly for the personality like yeah, they, it's like you could get your news from anywhere i want to get it from people that i like who i think yeah. are funny and fun but i don't think people would pay for the hustle and it's because people don't really pay for personality that's what we're saying here some people will but it's hard to scale that people pay oh, for value such a good insight ethan yeah hold on let me let me unpack that a little bit so then if you're not paying for personality what are you paying for people pay for value and I mean, that is literally, and specifically, this is what Alex Formosi would say, people always pay for a deal. Like they want to feel like they're getting more value than what they're paying for. Yeah. So that's why Trends is the paid product from the hustle. They're both business related, but one very specifically offers to show you business opportunities, how to, like how to pursue different products, stuff like that. It's very much about capturing more value from your business. Whereas the other one is more like, hey, this is a fun personality driven, you know, news source. And I think the same thing goes for podcasts. So like you and I on this show, I think, I don't know why people tune in. Um, I like that they do, <laughs> but, but I'm not sure why they do, but I think there's room, there's room for something like this to be largely personality driven. It's almost like we're having a, a conversation with the audience every week. Mm, yeah. But if I think there's room to make a podcast like this paid, but it would have to be much more value driven where it's like sure. every single week, I'm going to break down for you the most effective SEO strategies that I'm using with my clients. I'm going to give you all the numbers and I'm going to give you like whatever. I'll show you exactly what's working to give my clients more money. People would pay for that. Uh, people would pay for that in a newsletter form too, but I don't think they would pay for like, you know, here's, here's Ethan's opinions on Bology this week. You know, they just don't care. So you want to hear something that's so interesting on the blank page on my Substack that yeah. people are starting to discover because every once in a while I mention it. And so it's like, it's not so secret anymore. Um, I did a little experiment. I think it was two weeks ago where I did the out, I published the outlines of 
the master classes for the Copyblogger Academy. So for instance, in the, the month of March, every Wednesday, I did a four-part series. And I have another one this Wednesday, the fourth one. And it's, it's, it's copywriting. So the first week, I talked all about research. The second week, I talked about like the different sections of a sales page. This, the third week, so last Wednesday, I talked about how to actually put all of those sections on a sales page. So it's like a formula as opposed to people just staring at a page and be like, oh, I got to write copy now, which is like impossible. And then up next, I'm going to talk about how to get traffic to that page. Okay, so those are the four different sections. And I wrote my outline so that I could write my slides so that I could do my presentation. And I published my outline as a paid post on my Substack, And I charged way more than I thought I should have. I put 15 bucks a month and three people signed up for it. Really? Yeah. And it's, it's like such a, a proof point of what you're saying, where the whole point of that newsletter, blog, free creative writing outlet that I give to myself is like, there's no rules. I can write about whatever I want. Yep. And sometimes I write about stuff that has real um, measurable value, maybe where there's like a who I am before I consumed this content and who I am after I consume this content. Like there's a journey. And um, yeah, I couldn't believe it. $15 a month, which isn't a lot for a membership. I think it's a lot for a sub stack. People just typically don't pay that much for a sub stack. But I was like, whatever. Like, what do I have to lose? I'm writing it anyway. Let's see what happens. And three people bought it. So, and there's no personality in it at all. It is nuts and bolts. Like this is the outline of exactly how you, of the 13 different blocks of a sales page. So I think you really nailed it. You might be like totally onto something there. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I think that's it. I mean, uh, I think a lot of people in media will tell will tell you this. Like, this is. It's not that you can't sell, the the Patreon model. I mean, it definitely works for some people. It's just tough because, it's easier to sell people on like what's in it for them rather than how much they like you. You know. Yeah. So if you just you know, whatever, remember, appeal to people's selfishness, it's going to make you a lot more money in the long run. Um, but that's awesome, man. I'm glad that that's working for you. Do you have plans to like continue growing that? Or was that just like a small scale test? Well, I'm battling the urge to sell it as part of my automation on my Tim Stodd's newsletter. Because I know I just I, I haven't big enough of a following now where I know I could do it. I think if I have a thousand paid subscribers at 15 bucks a month, you know, that's another yeah. form of like pretty life changing money. But I'm scared to lose the whole point of it, which is there are no rules. And I think if I did that, it'll start becoming a job. And then if it becomes a job, then it's just dollars and cents decision. And I think the time that I would have to spend on making the blank page good enough for people to spend 15 bucks a month would actually be more valuable if I spend it just continuing to close deals for Stodzy, you know? So I'm at this real turning point in my career where I'm realizing that I can no longer say yes to everything because I believe that when you're just getting started, like this whole idea of like, say no more than you say yes. I don't think that's true at all. So no, much not. of the success I've had has just been showing up to things that yeah. I had no idea what I was in for. But when you get older and when the ship, the analogy that I use when I was talking to my wife about it, like the ship that you're steering is bigger 
you know, and like you, you can't turn the ship as quickly as you used to. I have to say no to stuff now. And so, and so I, the, I mean, look, I wrote a sales page for it. I like, <laughs> I, all I got to do is push the button, but I don't think I'm going to push the button. I really don't. Can I loft uh, an option C out there? Please. Yeah, please. Okay. So this is a model that we talk about a lot here on the show, which is, and if you're new here, this is, this is how media companies work. You basically have free products that you monetize via ads and affiliate deals. You have front-end products and you have back-end products. Front-end products are usually $50 to $100 a year. Back-end products are like $500 and up. And they can be all the way up into the many thousands of dollars. So what we've talked about so far is the free product, which is like the SEO that you're leveraging, the podcast. Mm -hmm. And then I think it's you mentioned that the Copy Blogger Academy is in that $500 plus range. Yeah. So that's technically the back end. And what you're seeing now with this $15 subscription is that there is demand out there for a front end product as well. Yeah. So if it's even if it's not through your personal brand, to me, this is an indication that there might be room to add a front end inside the copy blogger ecosystem. And like you already know what the content's going to be. It's the same stuff you're using. It's like the it's the light version of your back end content. You said it was an outline of the class that you used on the back end. So the kind of the light version of that could be the front end. And that would plug in perfectly to the model because the way these typically work for people listening is like your free product sells the front end, front end sells the back end. Um, and I think what you're seeing is demand. People want people want that middle tier. It could be under Tim Stodds or you just use this as the indication of like, oh, I should just build my $15 a month uh, subscription over on Copyblogger. I think you're right. But... I also think you're wrong. And I'm going to tell you why. So ever since I read $100 million offers, my Kindle has just been serving me the whole slew of $99 ebooks from the ClickFunnels crew. And I know what I'm doing. Like I know I'm buying this ridiculously McDonald's content ebook so that somebody can try to pitch me on some $500 like build your <laughs> online course business at the end of it but it's 99 cents every time. And they're pretty easy to read. And so I read one of the Dan Henry ones. Dan Henry is, he's just one of the Russell Brunson protégés. Um, I can't remember what his thing is called. It, it's, it's pretty irrelevant, honestly. There was nothing about his book that spoke to me. It was called, I can't remember what it was called. His name's Dan Henry. Digital um, well, Millionaire Secrets. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Secrets, yes. They, they always use the word secrets in there. <laughs> and so I read through the book and I found it really um, just basic. However, he had one chapter, which is why I always recommend reading books all the way through, even if you hate it, because this one chapter totally flipped the switch in my brain again, even though 99% of the book was, was just garbage. And the one chapter was just the value of high ticket items. And so the way I have it set up, and I've talked about this before is Tim Stodds and copy blogger both have their free personality driven. Now that you've said that I'm never going to get that out of my head now newsletter. And then copy blogger Academy is the front end product. And it's, it's priced a little high to be a front end product, but you know, let's just hold it there. And then agency services are my back end product. And so for copy blogger, I have an agency attached to it, which is called digital commerce. And, and we've talked about that, right? But mm -hmm. On the side, I've always worked with personal consulting clients 
that come to me from time to time, usually just through relationships. Like I don't have a business on it or a website or anything like that, but through one of the newsletters that I sent probably three weeks ago, I got an email reply and somebody said, Hey, I want to hire you for a deal. And overnight, my newsletter, which monetizes on its own and sells the front end product. And that's all really great. But then overnight, it's a year long contract at five grand a month, you know? And so, you know, suddenly five times 12, what is that? 60, suddenly it's $60,000 of revenue that I would have to really, really hustle and hustle and hustle for if I'm selling a $15 a month front end product to the $500 a year back end product, which is Copy Blogger Academy. And so that is the part about it, which I battle because there is a scalability factor as well. Whereas, yep. okay, great. But like I said, it, it's just as much work to write one newsletter a week for five people as it is for five paying customers, as it is to write one net newsletter a week for 5,000 paying customers. And so if I'm at 15 bucks a month, I got a thousand of them. Well, it's 15 grand a month. And sure, I could close three deals and get 15 grand a month in net revenue, but that's probably uh, net, net, like even after taxes, that's, that's probably 1800 a month in my pocket, you know, per client. And so the work balance is just so different unless I want to build a team, you know? So mm-hmm. I, I really, really went on kind of a tangent there, sort of word vomiting through my thought process, but I've been having this little thought exercise recently on the idea that like no business is perfect. You know, Mm -hmm. no business is without its pros and cons and weighing how my time is best spent. And ultimately where I landed, at least for the next couple of months, final answer is that I already have the team and I already have the infrastructure to serve these high ticket clients. And all I have to do personally is close the deals. I'm already doing what I'm doing. I'm getting the leads through the Stasi site and the Copy Blogger site and the Tim Stodd site and my newsletter and through Twitter. You know, like I got more leads than I know what to do with right now. The the hard part is saying no to the people that can't be at like five grand a month or so. And so dollar for dollar, right now, my time is best spent closing service deals as opposed to trying to build another content product business. <laughs> There you are. I've spent time thinking about this, as you can tell. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it. That the, leaves me with only one question then, which is, are you satisfied with Copy Blogger Academy being priced where it is? Because technically, if you want to talk technically, it's a back-end product, just because of the price range. Because the real difference between the two yeah. is that a front-end product is, is priced at the uh, impulse buy level, totally. and the back-end is not. So the theoretically, if you're already producing that, there is a chance that the revenue from that goes up if you drop it down to like the front end product range. Or you just think about it as, you know, what it is, which is a, a like a back end product for your more sort of committed customers. But have you thought through that at all? Like, is there any part of you that wonders if you would make more from Copy Blogger Academy if you guys drop the price? Um, let me ask you this and this is kind of like inside baseball. So you don't have to feel, don't feel too pressured to answer, but like, do you have any sense for what the current conversion rate is from, 
What like, yeah. what is it? Well, I, I shouldn't say it's it's low. It's probably normal. Yeah, it's 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 normal. Um, one to three percent or something like that. Exactly. Yeah, it's about three percent. That's that's exactly yeah. what it is. <laughs> so obviously, <laughs> you know these things. <laughs> um, so my thought hasn't been should I drop the price on Copyright Academy. My thought has been really what you're saying, which again is this mental rat race that I have in my head, where it's priced out of the impulse, let me check this out. You know, if I, what's a good example of stuff that, that we all do? You know, if if there's a new brand or something that I find, let's just call it a clothing brand because that's something we can all relate to. Like, I'm not going to go to the store and then just drop a couple thousand bucks on all the clothes. You'll buy like a t-shirt, you know, you, yeah. you'll check it out. If you got a new sneaker brand, you know, so for instance, Vivos, Barefoot Vivos, my wife bought one of those. And now like, she just cannot stop buying them. (laughs) (laughs) But she bought one. And now it's just her favorite. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I am missing the opportunity to get people to say like, Oh, yeah, sure. Let me check this thing out by not having something that is is priced more in a traditional front end product. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah, I think you could you could be right, and that that that's what I'm getting at. But then what you said as well is like, well, are, some brands are willing to give that up, right? Like, there's no front end Gucci bag, right? Like, you're yeah. either going to drop the sure. money or you're not. So wow. I think it it comes down to the decision of like, are, just what game are we playing here? And that ties into everything that we've talked about today. You know, is is the game McDonald's content and uh, outrage, or are you in it for the long game? how much money is enough and what, you know, where do you want to make it? All those are the types of decisions that I think people have to continually ask and continually re-answer. And that's how you play this game without going crazy, you know, because it, it'll drive you nuts if you're not constantly thinking (laughs) about what really matters, you know? Well, I'll tell you what I've really thought about doing is originally the front end product tied to Tim Stodd's was called the bootstrapper. And I still have the domain, the bootstrapper.io. And this is one of, yeah, this was one of the problems that I talked about with the tech stack where I bought it on Podia. I had my courses up there and then I tried to use Podia's community and it it just wasn't good. Um, I think Podia is actually in a lot of trouble right now. I think it was a really great product, but I think they're just getting out innovated pretty quickly. And so, and so I still have the domain. But for sake of my mental sanity, I took all my bootstrapper members. It was around the same price. And I just said, you're in Copyblogger Academy now. Here's all the content that was in the bootstrapper. Now you get this free timeline. They don't get access to the same stuff that like everybody who bought the full membership of the Academy bought just because I thought that that would be like unfair. Um, But nonetheless, I combined them all. However, I still get people asking me it's rare when i say that it sounds like it happens all the time there's been one or two instances i should say where people say hey the bootstrapper had that weekly newsletter that i really really loved and i don't want all of this stuff with the copyright academy it's just not for me i just really loved the newsletter and there's been a lot of times where i think about tying that product in the bootstrapper.io i might even just put it back on substack just to make it super simple and not overcomplicate it you know and have mm. that be some kind of $9 a month, $70 a year tripwire product to get people lubricated to swiping their credit card so that when they see 500 bucks a year, it's like, damn, I'm already getting this much for the newsletter. 
how much better is these weekly presentations going to be? Yeah. That's what I think about. I like it, man. I think there's a lot Why, of you want to write there. it for me. I can't write another newsletter. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm not writing another newsletter. I, yeah. For years. <laughs> I currently do. What do I write right now? I write three newsletters per week right now. And then I'm yeah. thinking about starting my own up. I actually just signed up for um, beehive yesterday. Yeah, cool. I'm going to get my own thing started up there. I want to start doing more breakdowns on paid, like how writers make money. Shout out to Chanel Basilio. She's been re-inspiring me with her growth in nice. reverse series. She, oh my God, dude, did you see the breakdown she did on Dickie Bush? No, I didn't. So good. People got to go just check it out. Just look up growth in reverse, Dickie Bush. Cool. Yeah, she, she kills it. And I was reading it yesterday. I'm like, man. I just have a hankering to start to, to get back into the real deep dives on like how people do what they do. Not the exact yeah. same group that she focuses on, but I like the old, like the old copywriters and the old uh, like publications and stuff like that. Oh man, that would be so cool. Ethan, as soon as you said that, I just got so jacked up, like breakdowns on old school, like the real, really balling on a budget, building a castle like spending the rest of your life in, in Southern France type copywriters. Those were like, <laughs> those were the ballers of the ballers for real. I would pay for that in a second. And especially just because I know you, I could see like the vibe that you would do it in with like a lot of black and white pictures and some pinup suits, you know, and guys with cigars. I could just totally see it. All right. I got customer number one right here. Sign me up. Awesome, man. Well, this was a good episode. I feel like we should uh, maybe wrap it there, re uh, reaffirm to everybody. Well, we have no idea what we're talking about when it comes to the economy, but hopefully, hopefully, I hope we're right and biology is wrong. But yeah, well, I guess we'll see you all next week if the if the if the U.S. dollar disappears yeah. and <laughs> we'll all be <laughs> talking about Bitcoin or whatever. Yeah, it is um, good timing too. I don't know if you can hear the producer. He just woke up. Can you hear Thomas, the tank engine in the background? I can't, no? but That's all no. I can hear is Thomas. <laughs> Tim and I answer to one person, and that is our producer. Yeah, um, two-year-old son who determines when I get to <laughs> record and not record. Well, it was good seeing you, man. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, be sure to check out happybloggerpod.com where yeah. you can... Find all the past episodes and sign up for our awesome newsletter, which yep. goes out Friday sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everyone. Appreciate it. See you next week. Later.